0: Locked on Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. And your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. Oh, get buckets, oh, Otto Porter, All, night, no, all night, On Twitter, at Locked On Bulls, at Jordan C. Malley, and at Bulls underscore pep. People have their opinion. What that, other falsehoods what are out there? A lot of the perception things about us.
1: Are players buying in, Jim?
0: I. Yes.
1: Fair enough. Rebuilds are difficult. Sometimes it takes years and years. I still believe, given a a really good offseason with this draft pick that we have coming, and with our ability to to get some veteran players in here alongside these young guys, we we can make a substantial
0: leap. Kick back. Relax. Locked on Bulls starts now.
1: My job is to prepare the child for the road, not the road for the child. And these guys are men. Here
0: are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck.
1: What's up and welcome in to Locked on Bulls, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team I'm Matt Peck, also host of Bulls Outsiders on NBC Sports Chicago. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow us on Twitter at Bulls. You can follow my co-host Jordan Malley on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley. And as always, that text and voicemail line open for all of your Bulls comments, questions, and thoughts. 351-979-1369. We'll be doing mailbag later in the week. And uh, as I said, Matt Peck here, holding down the fort. Jordan off today. We apologize with the inconsistency of our schedule over the last couple of weeks. Things have been rocky um, with my schedule and Jordan's schedule. Trying to keep things uh, organized. Um, fortunately, it's uh, it's come at a time when things are pretty pretty slow in the NBA calendar year, and not a whole lot of news to report. But uh, we do know that you guys rely on us uh, for, for this content, especially here in the release slow period of the year, and uh, we appreciate you bearing with us, and we know that you want your content, you need your content, and we will continue to try to get things uh, more, more in line, more in order, and, uh, and continue to provide content for you guys while we are fighting our way through the, uh, through the dead period of the NBA calendar here. But in the meantime, lots of exciting things going on in the world of sports here in Chicago, Cubbies fighting through injuries to try and uh, you know keep themselves atop the NL Central as we get closer to real crunch time for Major League Baseball. You should also, also go check out Locked On Cubs. They do great work over there, Sean and Ryan, cranking out Cubs content for you for the Locked On Network and Bears training camp. Lots of uh, optimism, lots of excitement. You got Bears head coach Matt Nagy throwing bombs at practice. Um, All sorts of things to get excited about. The Bears played their first preseason game this Thursday, just a couple days away from football here in Chicago. Really excited. High expectations for the Bears this season after their disappointing exit in the first round of the playoffs last year. Check uh, check out uh, Locked on Bears as well for all of your Bears updates, news, and thoughts. So, uh, with that, a couple of things that I wanted to touch on today to give you guys some content. uh, A couple of things that are uh, noteworthy. First of all, the uh, schedule... The full schedule for the Bulls and all 30 teams in the NBA getting dropped later this week, also on Thursday. So big day Thursday, the Bears' first preseason game, and the Bulls and the entire NBA schedule will be released Thursday, August 8th. We've already gotten a couple of leaks and drops about specific games for opening night for Christmas Day, and a couple of big revenge-style games uh, between players and their former teams that have already been leaked. Uh, So we'll touch on those. Also, the fact that the seasons have pushed back a week this year compared to last year, opening night, October 22nd, as opposed to October 16th last year, uh, which means the playoffs will also start a week later. And uh, despite some talk about reducing the NBA schedule... We are going to have a full slate of 82 games this upcoming season, but Adam Silver and those uh, holding the highest powers in this league have continuing conversations about maybe shortening the NBA calendar and reducing the number of games. We'll, We'll touch on that. And then on the back end of today's show, we will get to the Carmelo Anthony interview with... Stephen A. Smith on first take from this past Friday, where a part of that conversation uh, included his decision process back in the summer of 2014 when the Bulls were a leading contender to lure him away from the New York Knicks and how exactly that fell apart. Some interesting comments from Carmelo Anthony about why he ultimately did not sign with the Bulls. Um, So all that on today's episode of Locked on Bulls. As I said, let's start with the NBA schedule, though, because in this dead period of the NBA season or off season, I should say, there's not a whole lot to get excited about. Free agency has died down at this point pretty much entirely, although we did learn yesterday that Vince Carter did agree to return to the Atlanta Hawks on a one year deal for what many believe, based on what Vince has said, will be his 22nd and final nba season uh which will make him the player the only player in nba history to have played that many seasons the only player in nba history to span four decades 90s 2000s 2010s and assuming he plays in at least one game in the back end of this upcoming 1920 season the 2020s as well um Really, really awesome to see Vince will be returning for another season at age 42. He's the Tom Brady of the NBA. Um, He was still playing meaningful minutes and playing solid basketball for Atlanta last season, being a veteran for that very young team. Uh, Kind of a disappointment that... um, there was no mutual interest between him and the Bulls because we Jordan and I had talked about it on this show. A lot of Bulls fans, you know, texting us asking if their Bulls are still looking for some some veteran shooting depth at the you know the the wing or the two spot. Maybe maybe reaching out to Vince Carter to see if he might be interested. And we never really heard anything uh, about the Bulls and Vince Carter having mutual interest. So we did learn yesterday that that is official. He's going back to Atlanta for his final season. But so that was basically a very minor blip in what has been a pretty dead free agency uh, period for a while. And now nothing really happens. Uh, You know, we we do have the FIBA World Championships coming up. Team USA just starting practice uh, a couple days ago. A lot of big names have dropped out. Bulls have a representative on that team, new newly signed veteran uh, role player Thaddeus Young, among those representing Team USA for the upcoming FIBA World Championships, which, um, as Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer noted, is one of the reasons why the, the NBA decided to push things back a little bit this season, uh, because the FIBA Championships go through September 15th. By pushing the NBA opening back a week, that gives players a little bit more time, those who are participating in Team USA Basketball and representing other countries internationally who play for NBA teams to gather themselves, take a little bit of a break before preseason and NBA action begins. So, we don't know yet what uh, the Bulls' first NBA nationally televised game will be. We will learn that uh, later this week uh, in addition to the entire 82-game schedule for the Bulls, we do know that there's a pretty interesting doubleheader on NBA opening night, which again is October 22nd. You have the defending champion Toronto Raptors, sans Kawhi Leonard now, taking on the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, Usually, you'll see the defending champion play a conference rival, maybe even a division rival. Uh, but the the league decided to mix things up a bit this year, um, sticking with having the NBA champ, defending champions represented on opening night, but this time an interconference matchup between Toronto and New Orleans, which of course means the league is doing everything they can to maximize and capitalize on the hype surrounding number one overall pick Zion Williamson and some of the other exciting young pieces uh, and new pieces. On that New Orleans Pelicans team, David Griffin doing a really good job uh, since taking over down in New Orleans. Pelicans have a lot of hype; um, not necessarily uh, uh, expected to be a playoff team this year with how deep and how talented the Western Conference is. But certainly, you know, no no brainer if you have uh, an o- NBA opening night on, telev- uh, on television. You make Zion Williamson and all the hype around him a part of that. Uh, Most people assuming that even though he was held out of the remainder of the NBA Summer League action after a minor injury in his first uh, uh, Summer League game, that he will be ready to go and playing on opening night. And then, of course, the other NBA opening night game on television, the Lakers and the Clippers, the new hot rivalry in the league, LeBron and his new teammate, Anthony Davis, going up against... Kawhi Leonard's new team, the, the reigning NBA Finals MVP. Uh, because of his offseason shoulder injury and surgery, Paul George not expected to be ready by opening night, so you won't get the full slate of LeBron AD versus Kawhi and Paul George, the new teammates over there for the Clippers. But still, it's kind of also, like Zion Williamson, a no-brainer when you have LeBron Still the face of the league, Kawhi Leonard, reigning champion, reigning finals MVP, one of the other big stars in the league on a new team. Both teams in Los Angeles, big market, makes sense to make that a marquee matchup for the NBA's opening night. And we will see them again, uh, Lakers and Clippers, on Christmas Day. That's part of the Christmas Day slate, uh, because as division opponents, they're going to play each other four times this season. So... Mentioning Christmas Day games, we also do know that full slate as well. The Bulls, when they are at least semi-relevant because they are a major market team, are perennial candidates for being included in that Christmas Day slate, but they haven't been for the last few years as they have become irrelevant and rebuilding, and the same is true again this year. Not a whole lot of hype around a team coming off of twenty-two wins, even with the young talents of Levine, Markinen, uh, the new addition of rookie Kobe White. Not enough uh, not enough excitement, not enough uh, you know flair with the Bulls currently coming into this season to uh, earn them a spot on that Christmas Day slate. Uh, so as I said, that we will get Clippers and Lakers again on Christmas Day. Zion and his Pelicans, no surprise, will be playing on Christmas Day against the Denver Nuggets, a a you know a a, a team that was very powerful this past season, uh, couldn't quite make it to the conference finals, um, losing to Portland. But they have that star-studded team led by Nikola Jokic. A lot of people expecting Denver to do great things again this season. Then you got. Eastern Conference juggernauts Boston and Toronto going at it you've got Milwaukee and Philly the two teams that people are expecting to go seeds one and two um, in in any particular order also playing each other on Christmas Day um, with some new stars in the mix there Um, and then of course How can you have Christmas Day without the Rockets and the Warriors? They will play against each other. Golden State, Sans Kevin Durant, Sans Klay Thompson at that point, certainly still rehabbing the ACL in late December. But you have Steph, you got Draymond, and you also have the new-look Houston Rockets with James Harden reuniting with his old teammate Russell Westbrook. So a star-studded Christmas Day lineup. I can't wait. Christmas Day NBA action is always one of my favorite parts of the year. Um, (laughs) Other people are going to church or, you know, having quiet meals at home with the family. No, me and my family, the NBA games are on all day and all night. It is such an awesome part of the NBA season and of the holiday season. But no love for the Bulls. Again, there's no real surprise there. Um, As I said, there are also a couple of like revenge style games that have been leaked already. Uh, Players playing against their former teams. So let's run through those really quickly. We have November 14th, the Dallas Mavericks and their new big man star Kristaps Porzingis going against his former team, the New York Knicks. November 27th, mark your calendars. We got Lakers against Anthony Davis' former team and Zion's new team, the New Orleans Pelicans. That should be a really fun matchup. Also on the 27th, so this is a fun doubleheader, the Brooklyn Nets and their new star guard Kyrie Irving visiting the Boston Celtics. Awesome matchup. December 11th, we have the Los Angeles Clippers and Kawhi Leonard going to Toronto, where I'm sure... There will be a warm reception, kind of a revenge game, but I think even though he left the city of Toronto, will still shower Kawhi with love and praise when he and the Clippers go to Toronto December 11th, January 9th. The Rockets go to OKC with their new star backcourt duo of Russell Westbrook and James Harden. That should be certainly a contentious matchup. We'll see whether or not Chris Paul is still a member of those Oklahoma City Thunder at that time. Could be some fireworks there. And then March 3rd, we know that the Los Angeles Clippers with Paul George, who should be back by that point, long before that point, will go back to Oklahoma City Thunder and play them and perhaps, as I said, Chris Paul. So some of those tasty lineups that have, uh, or tasty matchups that have already been leaked, we will know the entirety of the NBA schedule in about 48 hours, and I was having a conversation with uh, my buddies Big Dave and John from Outsiders uh, last week about how many nationally televised games we think the Bulls will get this year. Probably at least one or two more than they did last season when they were just coming into year two of a rebuild and not really had any star power kind of players on their on their team. Coming off of a 27 win season, this season they they certainly have more young star flair than they did a season ago we saw Zach Levine his first healthy season after the fully healthy season after the ACL having a pretty good year averaging nearly 24 5 and 5 lottery and continuing to flash some exciting things last season Wendell Carter looking like a great part of that 2018 rookie class before he went down and the Bulls adding some nice pieces in the offseason Kobe White in the draft Sadoransky and Thad Young in free agency but I don't think anything the Bulls did in this offseason was enough for the league to look at them and say we got to give them a lot more nationally televised games than we did last season. I'm thinking you know the Bulls had two or maybe three if you count the NBA TV games last season. I st- I still would be surprised if the Bulls had more than 5 nationally televised games this season. Uh I I think they will have a non-zero number of games. They are the Chicago Bulls. I'm sure maybe playing against a couple of the more powerful teams in the East uh, will be a game that, that gets them on national television. Maybe the Celtics, maybe the Milwaukee Bucks, maybe the Sixers. They had a couple of nationally televised games against the Sixers last season. So the Bulls will have a few. I just don't think that they'll have significantly more than they did last season. But hey... Whatever, you you know, you got to expect that when you're coming off of 27 and 22 wins, even if you are the Chicago Bulls and a big market team, you're not going to get a lot of love from the people who are picking these nationally televised games. Um, So uh, a final thought as uh, we're, you know, talking about the NBA and the schedule and and who plays who when is what I touched on uh, a moment ago, the fact that this season will still be a 82 game season. Despite talks recently about shortening the NBA season from 82 to say 75 games or so, some people want to condense it even further, or 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 uh, you know lop lop off even more games, say 65 or 70. Now, I think most players in the league would would be in favor. Of cutting down some of the games and in this recent five to seven year trend that we've seen of players and especially star players on teams who are trying to make deep playoff runs Kawhi Leonard included LeBron James included you see players resting and Greg Popovich the most respected coach in the league for decades now Did it regularly with players like Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili. It's a, it's a growing trend that teams are buying into because they see the benefits. Kawhi Leonard didn't play 82 games, didn't play even close to 82 games this past season, but he was as healthy as he could have been and even still playing through a nagging injury when they were fighting their way through the playoffs and... I'm pretty sure that uh, Masai Ujiri and the Raptors are happy with the way things worked out there. Pretty sure Nick Nurse is happy and okay with the fact that Kawhi Leonard sat out some regular season games. Might we see a different trend if the league ultimately decides to reduce the overall number of games and then you don't have star players sitting out? For nationally televised games that people are tuning in to see those players play. For season ticket holders or people who are buying single game tickets to go see their favorite players, their star players go play, only to learn that night that those players are being held out due to rest, general soreness, quote unquote, load management. It's become a real hot talking point in recent years because the stars of the NBA are what make the NBA great the players that people came that, that people come out to see fans buy their jerseys fans buy their tickets so their butts can be in the seats to see those players play and especially here in Chicago over the last couple of years when you know bless your hearts if you're going to the United Center to root for the 27 win or 22 win Bulls you are a diehard fan and I respect that. But a lot of Bulls fans over the last couple of years, when they're picking and choosing, all right, if I'm going to go to a couple of Bulls games this season, what what game do I want to go to? I want to go when LeBron's coming to town. I want to go when Steph and Clay and KD and the Warriors come to town. Which, you know, this past season meant you, you, you saw the Warriors put, what what was it, 92, 93 points on the Bulls in the first half. That happened on the Bulls' home floor when the Warriors came to town. Not a pretty sight if you were a Bulls fan sitting at the UC that night. But, the you know, the point remains the same. For fans of teams who aren't doing so hot, if you're going to go to a game, you want to go to games to see the stars play. And so many times recently, over the last few seasons, fans are robbed of that because these players, these star players... Are maintaining their health and managing the number of games and the number of minutes that their bodies are, you know, putting themselves through that takes a toll over such a long, grueling season. The league's done some things recently, you know, uh, minimizing and eliminating the stretches of playing four games in five nights, minimizing the number of back-to-back games where you're playing on Friday and then again on Saturday. The league started to, to make new changes to alleviate some of these problems with the stress that these players are putting on their bodies. And some old school fans, and, you know, I'm, I'm somewhere between old school and new school, but I remember growing up as a kid, the days of the, the great 90s Bulls, you know, the, the second P years, 96 through 98, Michael Jordan played 82 games in three straight seasons. And Michael Jordan was an Iron Man Other than that year where, you know, uh, in his second season he broke his foot uh, and missed a a significant portion of the season. But it wasn't just MJ. A lot of players back then were playing 82 games, 81 games, 80 games. And people, you you hear retired players who are now broadcasters talk about it and they call these new age players soft. They say... You know, we didn't need rest. We didn't need load management. We didn't need minutes per game management. We went out there and played 40 to 45 minutes a game. If we were star players, especially because our team needed us. And we played 82 games because my team needed me for 82 games. Well, with all of the new research and development in the world of modern medicine and how to best maintain these professional athletes' bodies, That line of thinking has started to change. And I'm curious, and and hit us up on on that text, of voicemail line, 331-979-1369, what you think about this. If the the NBA decided to reduce the number of games in the regular season from 82 down to 75 or 70 or 65, and that meant that we had fewer star players sitting out games when healthy just for the sake of rest or quote-unquote load management, would you be in favor of that? Or would you rather still have 82 NBA games for your team knowing that some of these players are going to sit out a number of those games to make sure that they stay as healthy as possible? I, you know, and, and honestly, I don't really know how I feel about it. I think I like the fact that the NBA is an 82-game season. I know it's a lot of games, and I know it's grueling. And honestly, some sometimes this past season when I was, you know, sitting there in the green room at NBC with Dave and John watching a Bulls-Hawks game in late March, I was thinking, for the love of God, do we need to watch another one of these Bulls games? Especially when the roster was pretty much a bunch of G League guys that we knew weren't going to be around. In those moments, you say, "Geez, do we really need 82 games? Do we have to subject ourselves to this many of these?" So I get that, but the NBA, you know, fanatic in me says, "No, the NBA season is 82 games, and it should stay 82 games." These players are paid handsomely for the work that they do, and is it asking a lot from them to play 82 games over the stretch of October to April? Yeah. I mean, it's it's a non-trivial amount of travel and wear and tear on the body and it's a lot of basketball. But they get paid handsomely to do it. And the you know, the unfortunate injuries that occur and some people who believe that players and the frequency of injuries and and significant injuries has some correlation to this grueling NBA schedule. I'm not saying that I don't believe that there's a correlation there and that that doesn't suck, because it does suck. But how much more would it suck if we had 15 fewer NBA games to watch? Maybe there's some kind of happy medium where the, the the league shortens the number of regular season games but expands the playoffs we, you know we saw college basketball recently just re- really broadened the ncaa tournament and the number of teams 32 hell let's make it 64 and then have a bunch of last four in games to figure out who the you know the the who gets into the outskirts of the tournament and the bracket and then the other thing that the league has talked about doing recently is this like mid-season tournament to kind of add something else to break up the monotony of the the long regular season. I'm not so high on that idea. Cuz like what's the what are you going to have a different Larry O'Brien kind of trophy if you win a mid-season tournament? Maybe is is there some incentive that if you win a mid-season tournament, you are guaranteed a certain seed or a certain position in the real playoffs come April? I mean, To me, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense, except for teams that you know might be a fringe playoff team that are playing well and go on some crazy hot streak and manage to like win some smaller condensed midseason tournament to guarantee themselves a playoff spot. But then you're saying a team that doesn't really deserve to be in the playoffs that isn't a legitimate over the course of 82 games they were one of the top 16 teams in the league. Well, they're going to go to the playoffs because they won this weird midseason tournament. I don't know. I don't like that idea. I wonder if you do. Three three one nine seven nine one three six nine. So, those are all of my thoughts on what we have coming up later this week with the NBA schedule being released. And before we get out of here, and I know that when Jordan and I are reunited at some point later this week, we will expand on this further. The other thing I wanted to touch on is is the Carmelo Anthony stuff from Friday when he was on first take. Um, This is different than the Anthony Davis interview recently when you're talking about star players and the hypotheticals of whether or not they come play for the Bulls because Anthony Davis was talking about a, uh, a hypothetical in the future, kind of maybe or what if, whereas Carmelo was talking about a hindsight, this already happened what happened when I didn't choose to come play here five years ago back when he was a major free agent target in 2014. The mellow conversation is much more similar to the thoughts and, and words we got from Dwayne Wade earlier this year where I can't remember what the medium was, but he was doing some interview where he was talking about the the very real uh, scenario that almost played out where he and LeBron came to play for the Bulls before ultimately going to Miami with Chris Bosh. That wasn't really new. We had heard that before. We had heard several times through several different sources over the years since that summer of 2010 that LeBron and Wade were definitely interested in coming to Chicago and that it didn't work out. But, like, Wade said it again and brought back all those things and Bulls fans on Twitter exploded and said, "Oh, why do we have to hear this again? So the Mellow uh, talk with Stephen A. was more like that. More like... You know, more like the Wade stuff where he was saying this didn't happen, but it almost happened. And for those of you who didn't see it um, or just to refresh the memory of those who did, here is the direct quote from Stephen A. Talking to Stephen A. Smith uh, or or, I'm sorry, from Carmelo talking to Stephen A. Smith on Friday. I was going to Chicago, Derek Rose joking Noah. I was there, right? I was there. And then I started getting whispers behind the scenes. Yo, look, this person ain't going to be there. It really ain't right. This and that. It was all of that started to come up in the midst of my decision making. I wasn't going to let anything cloud that. I met with New York last. I think it was the last team I met with because I knew that I was ready to move on from that situation because of what I was dealing with and going through in New York. End quote. So, the new information there is the I was there. I was going to Chicago. Then I started getting whispers behind the scenes. Yo, this person ain't gonna be there. It really ain't right. So the subtext there or, you know, if you're in a play detective is the this person ain't gonna be there is Tom Thibodeau. This is in the summer of 2014. Tom Thibodeau was fired a year later, and everybody in the league knew that at that point in 2014, there was a very contentious relationship that existed between Tom Thibodeau, the, the Bulls head coach, and the members of the Bulls front office, John Paxson and Gar Foreman. Tom Thibodeau did not want them butting into his practices. They did not want him telling him how to do his job. And there was a severe lack of trust that existed between Tibbs and the front office, and everybody in the NBA knew that. So Carmelo is thinking about being a Chicago Bull. He's being recruited. Derrick Rose and Joe Keem are part of that recruitment process. They got the United Center all decked out, and Carmelo Anthony in a Bulls jersey, all this stuff. Wined and dined, and Carmelo's liking it. Carmelo's liking the pitch. And the Bulls at that point, yeah, you know, Derek's dealt with some injuries, but coming into 14-15, they were expecting Derek to be pretty healthy. And for the most part, Derek did have a healthier 14-15 season than he had in the previous two seasons. And he and the Bulls went to the second round and lost to LeBron with the ultimate consolation prize after Melo said no, Pau Gasol. But it's this kind of thing that is really frustrating for Bulls fans to hear. Not just the Carmelo, who was at the time one of the league's biggest stars, saying, man, I came real close to going to the Bulls, but then I didn't. It's why. It is the why here that is upsetting. Because it feeds into that narrative of the Bulls are not respected across the league. The Bulls are seen as a team that is mismanaged across the league. The Bulls are seen as a team that has untrustworthy people at the top across the league. And NBA players, we you know, we've talked about this on the podcast before. Players talk. Jimmy Butler and his exit and some of the things that he said, some of the things that his trainer said, you know, that happened after all this Carmelo stuff. But even back then in 2014, there were all those whispers about the Bulls having a managerial mole in the locker room, reporting back to the front office about, what was being said by players in the locker room, the behavior of players in the locker room, all these kinds of things. And so for Carmelo Anthony to say, I started getting whispers behind the scenes. It really ain't right. It's, you know, it's it's not entirely surprising, but it's still a gut punch to the fan base that says, how many times have we swung and missed in free agency to land those big stars? And how much of the reason for that is that players, and especially star players in this league, don't want to come play for this team because they don't trust the people in charge because of what they hear on the NBA grapevine. This is another example staring us in the face. And look, hindsight, 2020, whatever, turns out that Carmelo not coming to the Bulls Probably for the best. Pau Gasol was, was a, a, a non-terrible consolation prize. For less money, he was a two-time all-star in his two seasons with the Bulls. Was pulling down double-doubles every night. Carmelo, meanwhile, went to or, or decided to stay with the Knicks for that max money. Five years, $125 million, And that was certainly another factor in his decision. Certainly, the stuff about "Eh, things aren't right in Chicago probably made it easier to say, all right, well, I'll stay in New York and get the most money that I can because the Bulls couldn't offer that. I think they could offer it was like four and close to 100 million, but they couldn't offer five and 125. So, of course, that factored into Mello's decision. And as Mello went back to New York for that max contract, the Knicks did Jack Diddley, they were irrelevant. And as he aged, Melo's play started to decline. As he aged and the NBA became different in the way that the, the game is played five-on-five on five and one-on-one, melos strengths faded as far as the most efficient ways to get buckets in this league. Did he still go out there and pour in 25-30 on a good night? Absolutely. But... If you rewind back to 2014 and say, if you could do it over again and if the Bulls could have landed Melo when they were recruiting him hard, would you have wanted that to happen? And do you think that it would have meant a championship for the Bulls? If the Bulls had Melo instead of Powell in that 2015 playoff run when they lost to LeBron's Cavs after LeBron sank that buzzer beater in game four to tie the series and then the Bulls lost the next two the Bulls have Melo instead of Powell, are they winning a title that year? Are they winning a title any of the years after that? Because I still think that answer is a fat no. And you're paying Mello a bunch of money as he ages. So it was probably all for the best that the Bulls swung and missed on Melo that year. I think it, it would not have gone well. And he would have been overpaid on a mediocre team. But it's, it's not about that. It's about the fact that this is the reason we heard. This is the why. And it absolutely validates some of the concerns that this fan base has. That the question we ask ourselves over and over and over, and not ask ourselves, but ask the people running this team is, Why are you failing to get the big free agents? Carmelo Anthony hearing whispers. This person's not going to be here. This stuff ain't right. It fits into the narrative in a very real way, in a very frustrating and upsetting way. So that was the fun gut punch that Bulls fans got on friday as i said i'm sure that when jordan and i manage to get on the mics together later this week we will dive further into this carmelo anthony stuff from his conversation with Stephen a last friday uh we'll get jordan's thoughts he and i will we'll have uh, a more expanded conversation about that and uh we'll also get to some of your thoughts questions comments um from that mailbag as well again that number is three three one nine seven nine one three six nine um let us know your thoughts do you want the, the NBA to stay at an 82-game season? Would you like to see it condensed? Do you want to see a mid-season tournament? What do you think about any and all of those ideas? And what were your, what was your reaction to hearing those comments from Carmelo Anthony last Friday about not coming to the Bulls after almost coming to the Bulls? Uh, for my partner, Jordan C. Malley, I'm Matt Peck, saying thanks as always for listening, Bulls Nation. Have a great day. Uh, again, 331-979-1369 for all those texts and voicemails, thoughts. Uh, we'll get to Mailbag later. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Bulls on Peck. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnBulls. And we'll talk to you next time. Peace
0: out. Locked On Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Locked on Bulls is live on Dash Radio every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, starting at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com.